Make sure to stay tuned to the end of the episode for a special challenge from the Goblin Squad and learn how you can become an entry-level Goblin Scout. And on to the show. Goblin Squad. Hey, it's oh, oh no! <laughs> it's Brooke and Sarah. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> we never plan this intro. Every time we're like, we should plan the intro. We don't. I think it leaves it. It just leaves it fun, yeah, organic. We'll, right, we'll get it. Get it worked out. <laughs> All right. All right. We're back again. Episode eight. It is episode eight. We're doing it. We're we're over four hundred plays. I know. We're in multiple continents. I mean, we added India. We added Bro. Australia. Bro. I know. So shout it's, out to all y'all. Shout out. Hey. And uh before we get rolling, we got a really sweet review. Hit me with it. Um, I have not heard this yet. So uh and I happen to know who this person is, <laughs> Laura. We know, we ba, ba, ba. know it's you. But uh, on uh, Apple Podcast, Laura says, Laura Liza twenty eight says, I love this podcast not only for its humorous entertainment, but for its insightful encouragement for people new to quote unquote Goblin Core. <laughs> I find myself laughing along, taking notes, and often reflecting about my own thoughts and opinions. I can't wait for more episodes. Keep it up, Goblin Squad. Oh, and stay weird. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank Laura. you so much. Oh. We love you. Yes, we love you dearly. And uh, this episode is also a good note-taking episode. I think. Yes, because I think so. I took a lot of notes prepping, and this is not a research episode. This is more of a get to know us as the Goblin Squad. Yeah, but also kind of reflect on yourselves. As members of the Goblin Squad. And I think you're going to get some kind of insightful commentary because we have really been talking a lot about what it means to be creators. Yeah. And making this podcast has really, I mean, on a weekly basis, I think I message you and I'm like, we made a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What's what? happening? People are actually listening to I it. Know. Like, that's crazy. Like repeating, repeat people. I know. They're coming back and listening. I'm so happy you're talk all here. about goofy stuff. Thank you. Thank you. So much. Yeah, we love you so much. And we appreciate you being here and supporting what we're doing. And we just kind of were brainstorming on where we wanted to go with this episode. Because we've done the research episode. We've yeah. done top tens. We've done all kinds of fun stuff. I mean, we've tackled the Sasquatch issue early on. I mean, season one. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big one. That was a big one. And one of our faves. Absolute faves. Shout out. The Commodore. The Commodore. <laughs> um, he'll be back. Oh, yeah. Oh, he'll be back. So <laughs> this one, uh, we're talking a little bit about goblin self-care. And yeah. that can seem like a weird combo of words to put together. Right. <laughs> uh, but it's more about how do you, you know, deal with some of the challenges if you are a creator, a maker, an artist, a writer, or a goblin squad member, and you're just struggling with like regular life yeah and how do you deal with that so 
we both put together a list of questions that we're going to ask each other. <laughs> yes. And then we're going to yeah. kind of go from there. Hopefully it will spark some good discussion. Yeah, I think I feel like we can go back and forth. Maybe we both answer Yeah, each one. It's kind of like interview with a goblin. Ooh, I like <laughs> There it is. <laughs> we're changing the title. So now when you see this, this is this is what it will be. Um, yeah, I think we should just hit it. Let's start talking about yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a question first. <gasps> okay. Because when we first came up with the idea of the Goblin Squad, it was born out of some very specific like hobbies and ideas that we both really jive with, which includes being out in nature, the collecting of weird shiny objects, um, myths, legends, lore, stories, art, mushrooms on everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, you know, being in Goblin Core or Forest Core, you know, there are some things that you find yourself really loving and wanting as part of your life. And also when you have to go out into like the normal world, mm-hmm. when you are not in the sacred enclave of the red room, <laughs> which is really bright right now. It is. I'm um, digging it. Yeah. yeah. We're not normally in here during the daytime. I know. I was like, the sun <laughs> is out. <laughs> Real. What's that like? Real nice. Um, so how, how have you been as far as uh, dealing with your new identity as a podcaster? That's not on the list of things I was going to ask you, but (laughs) it's trippy Mm -hmm. because I will say I've been in like a social media space or had even the see the imposter syndrome comes up because I'm like having a persona Mm -hmm. or online persona just sounds like girl, (laughs) you, who are you? You know, you think you can, but even just having people come back and listening to us and getting reviews it's it gives that like validation mm-hmm. sense you know and it's it's something i look forward to doing every week yeah and just don't look at me like that. i know <laughs> like, i'm like, looking at me like you're gonna cry i know i'm, like, I'm getting real do emotional it. don't do it <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna drink this unsponsored cider quietly over here <laughs> American. but they hold like, my palms down <laughs> there you go it's labradorite she brought me one in case you listened it's here now i have it i'm not sad anymore she she has it it's it's healing yep, it's here there it here it is um i just it's something i can look forward to every week and i think you know i for one i enter into creative projects like full force mm-hmm and I feel like whether it's imposter syndrome or whether it's just I didn't think it all the way through or something, Fair. I tend to lose steam. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll, I'll get going, I'll get going, and then I'll start getting feedback, and then all this pressure builds up, and then I'm like, ah, you know. Mm-hmm. And having someone, a co-host, yeah. a partner, Here we go. to do it with and to constantly get that that reassurance, that accountability. Yeah, you that's know, been huge just for me to too. Be like, what are we doing this week? You know, but also have someone who's not like so overly regimented, where nah. it's like it's not fun anymore. <laughs> no, and it needs you know? to be fun. And yeah, um, we've kind of had conversations a lot because imposter syndrome has really taken hold for me the last yes. like three, Same. four weeks. Where <laughs> And really longer than four weeks. Mm-hmm. Like I've been dealing with art block for yeah. actually more than a year where it's just a struggle like to create anything in any of the media that I like except this. 
So like this podcast has been the thing that's made me like give a shit again yeah. because I started worrying about like what if people don't like it, you know, like mm-hmm. or the whole constant need to monetize everything. So right. you're making art. Also, if you hear some strange howling in the room, <laughs> uh, there's a new specter that's entered the building. It has yet to reveal its name, but it's actually just the wind. Yeah. I'm like, I think it's the window yeah. just going like, <laughs> drafting through. Yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> through my ancient ass tiny house. It's part of the charm. Right. You yeah. wouldn't know it from the external, but this house is 135 plus years oh, old. Yeah. So it looks you know, great. It, thanks. Yeah. It's the Commodore's doing. So, uh, anyway, it's it's really set in that making thing, making money. You know, trying yeah. to trying to transform everything into money, which mm-hmm. has kind of been drilled into us as a culture. Oh yeah, especially if you come from like a very work oriented family too, where like humble every, beginnings, right? Yeah. yeah, and like I remember being told like when I turned the day I turned sixteen. And had my license, my mom handed me her car keys and was like, go get a job. And oh, yeah. I wasn't mad about it. I was just like, no, you're right. You're like, okay. 16. Yeah. So, um, that's you know, what you from, do. Yeah, yeah. From that day on, I've always been busy. Everything is something you need to work on. Everything is how do you turn this mm-hmm. into something profitable? Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. But when you add money into it and trying to make a quote unquote product, it's amazing how quickly it can sometimes tank. Um, especially if you start making art for other people. Yep. And we've had that conversation about this podcast. Should we shorten the episodes? Should we cut it? Should we? Right. And it always comes back to David Bowie <laughs> every <laughs> single time. Um, and a lot of artists have said this, but there's a really fantastic uh, viral clip that has gone around. I think it's gone around the Tim Tams a couple times mm-hmm. of David Bowie talking about how the second you start making mm-hmm. art to meet what you think the expectations of other people are is the moment you make your worst art. Yeah. And as an artist or as a creator, you need to be able to go through the up and down process of making yeah. stuff and just, you know, going all out there or everything will just be the same, which is like yeah. the antithesis of Goblin. <laughs> Like, and the the ironic thing is, I feel like any audience you're trying to show that art to or get anything on, they can see that they can, and it just they can see right through it. It's so phony because you're pandering to something. Yeah, right. You're not being yourself. You're mm-hmm. not bringing your creative spark to the table. You're trying to be cookie cutter version of what everyone else is doing. Yep. Therefore, you're not going to stand out. No. And it's. I think it's when that that need or that drive f- with money behind it, yeah. when that becomes the number one force of you doing something instead of number two, number three, mm-hmm. whatever, it's that's when it starts to hinder you. Yeah, I, I think I think it really does crush creativity down when you know, yeah. especially if you're trying to do it to survive, right? And right. You're like, this is what I'm trying to make my living at, and so you have to find this balance, right? Um, which kind of led us to our list of questions that yeah. we wanted to ask each other. So. Uh, do you want to ask a question first or should I? I'll I'll hit you with a question. All right. Mine were a a lot, they're in the same vibe, but a lot more random, (laughs) I think, than than yours. Um, my, so this is a good first one. Uh, what is the phrase 
or something you repeat to yourself when in imposter mode or when you're going through periods of self-doubt? Like, what's that thing that that gets you in the back of your head? So, um, for me, I think when imposter syndrome hits hard, it's almost like it hits when I'm at my peak of production, Mm -hmm. right? Or like, I'm really vibing, I'm getting stuff done, you know, I'm doing events or I'm writing or I'm creating and then like right at the top of it, I'm like, yes, I'm crushing it. It is just like out of nowhere where you're like, I have no business doing this. (laughs) I have no right. I'm not a podcaster. I'm not an artist. I'm not a writer. There's so many more talented Mm -hmm. people than me. And there's this phrase that there's a lot of different versions of it than I use depending upon the time frame, but the essence of it is, if you don't support what you're doing and you don't believe in what you're doing yourself, mm-hmm. why should anybody else support yeah. you or believe in what you're doing? And um, you can you can translate that into whatever way you want. Oh, like, that's full RuPaul, man. Right? If you can't love yourself, how the hell do you expect anybody else? It's, you know? Right? <laughs> See, all the real queens know. Yeah. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Um, so, like, I have had to learn that it's okay to say yeah I'm doing this thing or like self-promotion like when an opportunity presents itself to say hey I'm doing this thing what do you think about that or hey I'm working on this project Uh, this is what I'm doing this is what I'm into I think I would be a really good fit for this Uh, up until the last year I avoided that like the plague like I would never in a million years say actively in like a room full of opportunities, I wouldn't say, hey, I'm doing this thing. Yeah. Uh, and that has changed uh, in I've the last seen year. It just in the last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, but just from when, because again, we met several years ago. <laughs> we did. And then, and then it just didn't take. <laughs> the first one. We needed a second go round. It didn't take. Um, but, yeah, which is actually kind of funny yeah, that we met. It's our origin story. Right, it is. <laughs> I just remember being like, yeah, that, that girl's cool. Me yeah. Too. And I was like, like yeah, we, should we really hang out. Great. And then both of us did the classic, never get a hold of that person <laughs> ever. It's that we're making friends as an adult is weird. Super weird. Especially if you don't have an organic way to run into each other again. Then no. you have to be the person like, can I have your phone number yeah. and we can hang out maybe <laughs> sometime? You like, you want to you know, go on a hike? Make some sandwiches <laughs> or something. <laughs> it is weird yeah it's so weird i mean i'm so glad the second time i know because i will say even from then and just like watching you not only start sacred serpents but grow with that and then with the podcast and then just like all the other little things you're doing just like fully Ah, come out of your shell stop looking at me (laughs) can't make any eye contact right now (laughs) but seriously like I can tell the difference in that short amount of time. Oh, thanks. And it helps that the sun is just shining on our so faces right here. now. I can't possibly. It's very, it's it helps with the, the inspirational mood. <laughs> just some crepuscular but, rays yeah. coming through. <laughs> but it's it's okay to have your own back. Yeah. Basically, you know, and it's just like You're, you got to root for you yeah. first. You're not self-absorbed if you support your own activity. Not at I all. mean if you aren't willing to put yourself out there and stand with yourself, you know, and stand by yourself and what you're doing and what you're interested in, there's legitimately no reason for anybody else to jump on board that mm-hmm. train. And 
I struggled with self-promotion for a long time mm-hmm. and I didn't want to seem arrogant. I didn't yeah. want to come across. And of course, the internet is a magical place that can turn toxic real 100%. quick. And putting yourself out there, especially when we're all dealing with like social media and there's all this constant yeah. like algorithms, ugh, you know, yeah. and you're just like, oh, you know, you're supposed to put your face out there. Well, there's some fundamental issues with that. Yeah. Um, Especially so, if you have any type of oh, man. non-online persona. Oh, God. Like if um, you work in manufacturing or something. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, you, you're all like, I want to post and do stuff mm-hmm. and show that I'm doing stuff. But also I need to make sure I'm safe. And like oh, we have to protect our safety. Right. And so, you know, just like promoting yourself and not feeling bad about it. Um, and remembering that you're not a jerk if you're like, no, I do this. You know, this is what I do. This is what I'm good at. Um, And then there's kind of a second component to it where it's like, you know, yes, I have to believe in myself first. So when it gets really, really bad, you just have to like do something, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be the right thing. And that's what I deal with a lot is this like very intense paralysis about like I have all these ideas. The ideas are not the problem, right? Mm -hmm. There's a million it's ideas. It's the follow through. It's the follow through. And it's the follow through of if I take a step and it's the wrong step, mm-hmm. that I'm screwed. You know, right. like, oh, I might as well quit because I already messed it up instead of, oh, I tried this and that wasn't the right thing to do. Right. Um, now I'll try the next thing. And so along with supporting yourself and like standing with yourself is if you're feeling stuck and you're dealing with imposter syndrome or any kind of like action paralysis just do the next thing it doesn't have to be the next right thing because that's one of the one of the pitfalls right or one of the types of imposter syndrome the perfectionist oh man it's the fear of failure yeah that's definitely the one you said all those like fear of the imposter syndrome things and i was reading through them and i was like oh man and there's i have a lot of multiple categories Mm -hmm. but far and away the perfectionist is the one, and I always have identified with, well, perfectionist wants everything to be perfect and everything needs to be perfect and everything mm-hmm. in their lives looks perfect. And yeah. no, that's yeah. not, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm not going to move an inch until right. I know until that you, that movement. I have all my ducks in a row. Yep. I can't even try or attempt this thing no. until I'm an expert at it before I even try. And that it's is, like, that's not, that's not how you got to go about right. it. Right. And that is exactly what has stopped me for probably the last 15 to 18 months doing on major projects that I love that I'm Mm -hmm. passionate about and I look at them and I'm just like I don't know what I'm doing next and I put them away yeah so you miss all the shots you don't take oh god (laughs) the stereotypes are true (laughs) we're hitting hard truths on this pod today (laughs) yeah but what about you I mean when you're in that circumstance what do you my thing and (laughs) This has come up in a lot of um, shamanic healing sessions nope. I've had in the past. Hey, all right. It's a, a phrase that I go to of like worthiness, right? Of like not being worthy of either something I've created or the praise of it. That's why I get oh, yeah. really weird with people complimenting mm-hmm. stuff that I do. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to hear it. That's bad. That's a big thing, and that's why I think my imposter syndrome thing is that like superwoman or super person, yeah. man, whatever, 
vibe. Yeah. That's where I go into that lane because it's like, I have to do everything all at once so that people, it's that fear of inadequacy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I was like, I can do everything. And if I, if people think I can't do everything, I'm not, they're not going to want me around anymore. Oh yeah. There's okay. that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like being the youngest kid, you know, right? single mom household, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to want me anymore. <laughs> I have to be, <laughs> they don't want to play with me. <laughs> I have to be really good at everything. Yeah. And it's just like that constant need to prove prove your worth having around Mm -hmm. basically and that's where I do where it's like when I get a lot of praise it almost it like skeeves me out Mm -hmm. a little bit too you're like oh oh no no yeah where it's just like because then I'm like well now it's going to affect it and now what I'm putting out is going to be weird and then they're not going to like it anymore and then especially in any type of social media work, you know, you're yeah. making videos or like trying to share your art or anything, yeah. that can get into such a vicious cycle because I'll it have can. something I work on for so long yeah. that I love, that I personally, I'm like, this is dope, this is funny, mm-hmm. or this is cool, and I'll put it out and it's just like nothing. Oh. You know, where it's like either zero engagement or just like, I'll get like weird ass comments on some like I've oh, shown man. you yeah. some before where I'm just like that's not what I meant man yeah. fuck I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about it that way ah. which is good mm-hmm. to get that feedback too you gotta you know have thick skin be yeah. good to critique but also that shit it can hurt sometimes it, it can cut can. deep and you know yeah. so so that's my biggest thing I have to break out of where it's like yeah. no you, you work hard you do. You don't have to do everything by yourself. Because my other one, the soloist, yeah, is my other one where it's like, no, you can fucking ask for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's was the fear of asking help. I think is the emotion oh, behind it. Yes, it's like, that's okay too. Because it's that like uh, fear of showing weakness, right? Or right. and I, and I also deal with that in the fear of like if I say I need help with this thing. They're going to think that I always am going to need help or Mm -hmm. I'm not dependable or I'm not reliable or I'm not the person to go to for Mm -hmm. a future opportunity. Exactly. And so the missing out that's it's it's like creative slash entrepreneurial FOMO where it Mm -hmm. kicks in and you're like, if I don't say yes to everything or if I don't go to everything, I'm never going to get asked again. And that comes from a lot of different things. Right. Like, you know, and it's some social pressure you know like Mm -hmm. have you ever had those acquaintances or friends or whatever that you say no to one social hang and you're never invited again um spoilers they aren't worth it anyway no Uh, but it's like the weird friend guilt oh the worst yeah so you know i think that ultimately remembering that at the end of the day your your what you're doing is unique and sometimes if you're just feeling the joy of it like I remember I was super frustrated with Instagram Mm -hmm. um so I had like a really thriving travel account like it was just really popping off and I was getting a ton of engagement it was growing rapidly and I got hacked and I got hacked um my Facebook and my Instagram got hacked at the same time and I got perma banned I got I lost everything on social media. So lesson one, remember, uh, you aren't social media. So your presence there could be your online identity, mm-hmm. but you don't own any of that shit. Nope. And if you want to make sure that you as an online person exist, you need to make sure you have ownership of your content. Yes. So 
social media is great. I mean, like, I love being able to reach awesome people and connect. But like when I lost that because I didn't have a website, I didn't have a blog, I didn't have a mailing list, mm-hmm. like I didn't have a way to get a hold of those people. Yeah. I lost all of them. Yeah. And just like messages. Oh, and yeah. Stuff. Like that cuts deep, man. Yeah. I lost photos that I hadn't saved oh. anywhere else because I was like, bah, Facebook's always around. I can get them right. off. And so I lost like photos I'll never get back, you know, so... And I lost, you know, really sincere messages from people that yeah. I cared about, you know, and just like, just rough losing it. And then, um, like trying to come back, I just couldn't get my footing. You know, I couldn't get the engagement. I couldn't get the viewers. I couldn't mm-hmm. get the numbers. And I just got super fed up. And so one day I was like, screw this. I'm going to make a tiny diorama <laughs> out of a super <laughs> tiny box that I found. And so I just like spent one entire night making a diorama out of a box the size of a matchbox <laughs> and i put dinosaurs in it and a volcano and then it's i cut so a little cute. yeah i cut a little <laughs> hole in it and like stuck a fairy light in it and i was yeah. like boom diorama i did a thing <laughs> and i put it on instagram and people lost their minds <laughs> and i was like really this? A, and then and then they were like a dinorama if you will <gasps> and i was like oh mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, which then turned into a new hobby, which is making all really nice tiny boxes to, <laughs> to the point where the Commodore's like, I saved this box because oh, it would I be a that. great diorama. <laughs> I'm like, well, shit, you're right. Uh, so I have a little pile of them downstairs and I'm like, oh, yeah, all right. This is cool. Yeah. But I mean, can that turn into any kind of money? Maybe, probably not. Right. But who cares, right? It's so yeah. fun to make tiny dinoramas. Mm-hmm. So... And it's it's the love of it and the joy. It is the joy. You know? You don't have to monetize your entire life. It no. doesn't have to have a reason for existing. It's important to pay your bills. Yeah. You have to be able to survive. And we know it's it's tougher than it's ever been, really, right now. Um, but, like, if you, if the spirit moves you to make, I don't know, a tiny like potted plant out of <laughs> clay you dug from your own yard like oh yeah whatever right because that's the goblin way man you just mm-hmm. you're like no i'm gonna go out and obsess over what variety of apple tree i have and can i graft it to another one to make a super right? tree you know like <laughs> these are the vibes yes. because sometimes you just need a hard freaking reset mm-hmm. you know like you get Whether so it's forced upon you or oh, not God. and you sometimes know? it is so yeah getting losing all of my online handles and accounts really kind of opened my eyes mm-hmm. and um i had been using them to make money mm. you know so i had travel collaborations and yeah. i had contract work and like that following meant dollar signs yeah and so losing all of that immediately the people that i worked with were like hey your viewership is gone uh. so it doesn't i mean like you know, right? You're cool and all. Changes the value uh-huh. of what, which yeah. The self esteem took a serious hit. Oh, um, for sure. Because then I was like, well, I'm nothing if I don't have this viewership. Mm-hmm. Like, like, but I'm the same me. Yeah, I'm like, but <laughs> like, I'm still doing the same stuff. So yeah. that that really put it into perspective, like how quickly it can all go away anyway. So mm-hmm. why are you worried so much about oh, yeah. what everybody else thinks of what you're doing? So. Mm-hmm long-winded <laughs> answer to number one i liked it thanks <laughs> what uh what is your number one so my number one question for you actually has an a b and c 
Uh, Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so I want to know how, and this is goblin specific, (laughs) how does embracing goblin mode help you with the following? Mm. Self-esteem, creativity, and or physical health. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Self-esteem for me, I would say just getting outside, connecting with the earth, Mm -hmm. especially the moon. (laughs) So not the earth. (laughs) I mean, um, same, same. But getting attuned to the natural cycles and rhythms, Mm -hmm. right? Where I'm just like, I know you and me have had a couple hangout sessions where afterwards I'm like, dude, I drove home and then I spent the night dancing under the moon in my yard. (laughs) Where I'll just, I'll park my car and just blast the stereo and jump out and just, there's a weird, you know, on our on our cameras outside our house a weird video of me just dancing in a sundress but for for self-esteem it's that just boost i think of serotonin Mm -hmm. really where it's just or when you have that accomplishment of like getting to the top of mountain on a hike or finding all the fun things Mm -hmm. in in nature like and to the creativity aspect of it collecting and finding random things and crafting with said things Mm -hmm. like little acorn caps bottles you find on hikes um you know all the goldenrod that i make bundles out of every year in my yard so good so i'm just like and those you know i'll throw one of those into a bonfire and just like whether videos stem from that or i make a little hobbit house out of twigs that i whittled (laughs) (laughs) like there's so many things and especially i feel like i've been in my house for coming up five years oh wow this may when we bought our house and it's you've been there yeah (laughs) yep so i'm surrounded fern gully over there oh it's great and uh just really connecting with the land Mm -hmm. basically i would say like i can go down to my little creek i have a little table and chairs down there and i'll have my tea and for the physical health aspect i'm just soaking up the vitamin d Mm -hmm. and sitting in nature you know touching a tree the moss the moss of it all heavy moss the moss of it all (laughs) in my that's a sticker (laughs) another good working episode title the moss of it all Talking about monetization. <laughs> That's a sticker. I'm like, it's much. You know what's fascinating, though, is that that part of your brain never turns off. It doesn't. And goblin mode directly counteracts it. It's an interesting balance yeah. because you go out there to chill and be away from all uh-huh. of it and drink your drink your literal tea <laughs> yeah. and touch the moss. And then immediately your brain is like, mm-hmm. hey, here's all these ideas. And you just start rolling with it. Oh, yeah. And it comes back. I mean, 10 times faster. Oh, yeah. And then you come in the house or go in your shed or whatever, and you're like, all right. Oh, yeah. And just do it. That's why uh, when I do have my little tea sessions down there, mm-hmm. I will take my little journal, which yeah. does fit in my pocket. Yeah. Which <laughs> tip, get a tiny journal, put it in your pocket. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> put it in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But highly recommend it. That is something I started doing actually from another podcast I love. Uh, Shout out Hey Babe 
podcast. <laughs> with, Never heard it. Uh, Sal Volcano from Impractical oh, yeah. Jokers yep. and the Chrissy DiStefano <laughs> oh. comedian. Yeah. Um, but Sal on there, the, he talked about having years of journals, like 20 years Ooh. of journals where he wrote down at least one thing he did every day. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that for almost two years. Oh, damn. And I'm on my fifth one mm-hmm. now, my little bullet oh. journal. that I have. And it's like, even if it's just one thing or you write your tarot card in there for mm-hmm. the day, I do that every day. Even if I miss a couple of days, I'll go backtrack. And nice. I'll do it. I'm like, okay, on the 14th, I did this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. You know, went to the Red Room, recorded yeah. the pod. Did the thing. You know, met this person or something. Mm-hmm. Just to be able to go back and track that or write like inspirational quotes in or if you go on your little nature walks put a little tape of flower in there you know just have it's nice to able able to go back to that Mm -hmm. so yeah that's my my goblin mode i think just having in the back of my mind to go out and ground in nature mm-hmm. and just get out there for creativity's sake, whether it's free drawing or free painting, do it outside. Mm-hmm. Now we live in a very cold place. <laughs> it's so cold and again. It started snowing again. It and did. I'm upset about it. And we're I supposed also... to get more on Wednesday. Ah. Ah. We're probably going to break our snow record this year. I mean, which I'm proud of. Yeah. But also, I had nothing to do with so, it. So, I have forced myself in these cold winter months to put on my snow pants mm-hmm. and my Carhartt and my Wellington boots. Get those wellies out. And just go sit in the snow outside, even if it's cold as hell, even if it's for five or ten minutes. Yeah. Do it under the moon. Get some sun on your face, even if it's real cold mm-hmm. <laughs> in the sun, or have a fire or something just yeah. to, to get outside, get in with nature a little bit, unplug. Yes. Get the screens away from your eyes. Absolutely. So I think just having that reminder, especially since we've we've started doing this and making it a point has, you know, get outside with the dog a little more and Mm -hmm. yeah. I think for overall health that's super important. Yeah. And yeah, I think that taking a step away from media is a big, big important thing. And I know that's funny to say while recording a podcast, (laughs) but I think that the overwhelm that comes from not just media, like, like news, Mm -hmm. but also from just like constantly ingesting the opinions, imagery, sound and aesthetic and ideas of other people. Mm -hmm. Like it is such an overwhelm to your system. Right. And like, I think that one of the most important things you can do if you are feeling really stressed and you're dealing with a lot of anxiety especially is to have specific times of your day where you don't ingest external imagery anymore. So in my two times of the day where I have cut way back um, and and I, I kind of change how I've done it, but like in the morning, first thing in the morning, I when I get up, I leave my phone wherever it mm-hmm. is plugged in and I don't touch it until I absolutely have to in the morning. Um, See how long you can go? Like challenge yourself? I try not to look at it until I'm like ready to leave for the day so I don't miss any messages or whatever Mm -hmm. relevant to the day. But uh, the wind is making (laughs) things going. (laughs) That ghost is is, is like bleeding sheep. Um, (laughs) They're like, yeah, me too. I don't look at my phone. I don't know it either. (laughs) 
Uh, and then also I have a phrase like nothing good ever happens after 2 a.m. Mm. So like at night, you know, if you're mm-hmm. stressed or if you're dealing with conflict with another person or an online, like don't open your email at 9 p.m. No. Don't open like digital media right before you go to bed. It's no. not a good idea. And especially if you're in any kind of conflict with people, mm-hmm. personal tip, do not <laughs> respond to anything. Yeah in the like middle of the night it's not yeah. a good it's not or, a good plan and like right when you wake up no too. it's like that's not a good way to start your day no just inserting all that stuff no. and it's just not only the constant media thing but the highs and lows of oh, said man. media i don't know if your fyp is anything like mine it's but it's all over the place <laughs> it's all over it's like cute puppies something exploding in yemen like oh, why it's <laughs> what's happening it's a lot yeah it's i mean just, way up and down it is it's all over the place and so like i really struggle with then even things like that should be fun mm-hmm. like like pinterest for example right like i'll open pinterest like sometimes at the end of the day you're like i just want to look at some cool right. cool shit hair um, inspo yeah <laughs> and after a while you're like oh look at that cool room i should think about that or well, i should right. pin and then pretty soon you're back in the hamster mm-hmm. wheel of thinking about other people's opinions and projects and what you should be doing mm-hmm. and your mind is going and you're not resting no um you're still thinking yeah, so like my room doesn't look like that person's cool right? room uh, i need these headbands yeah <laughs> how do i hang all my hats on the wall like that i don't have enough hats all my single my ceilings are all angled the hats are gonna fall off <laughs> i don't have a four post bed frame no with danglies on it no no none of my windows are south facing my plants are all gonna die you know like it's Oh, man. It's, uh, yeah. It's easy to get trapped in. Yeah. I think that was pretty thorough. Yeah. You, you got that. You nailed it. Um, my next question for you. Uh, what is your favorite or go-to grounding exercise? Or do yeah. you have multiple that you use? Um, so I have two faves. Um, the first one is real easy. Right away in the morning, I try to get sunlight directly on my face. So Ooh, I like this. If it is not overcast, and in even if it's overcast, I'll still go outside. But I'll take like my cup of coffee and yes. go sit. Like when I let my dog out, I'll go sit on the front porch because mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough to have an east facing front porch. Mm-hmm. So I will go sit on it and you know try to get direct sunlight right on my face. Do some breathing exercises because I'm one of those people that really deeply struggles with like meditation. Yeah, you've mentioned this. I boy do i try i really try um is it the busy brain that gets you oh the my mouth? god like, it's to focus constant. on yeah. yep and so i will actually use some like mindfulness techniques mm-hmm. where like i will just start listing off everything i can hear mm-hmm. you know to so try to get myself back into my body i think i spend a lot of time in my head and mm-hmm. i will just kind of avoid or neglect all of the things related to like where I am physically at because I'm so wound up in my head about whatever it is I'm thinking about. And so sunlight on your face is such a physical thing. I mean, you can feel the warmth of it. It's bright. It kind of pulls you into the moment that you're actually sitting in. And then I combine that with just like breathing. I'll do box breathing if you're familiar with that, Mm -hmm. where you just do like the count in your head of like four beats in hold it for four, four beats out, hold it for four, or whatever variation the, of that. The anxiety one, where it's like inhale or exhale for eight seconds, mm-hmm. inhale through your nose for four, hold it for seven, 
and repeat. Yeah. It brings down your heart rate. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, yep. any of my anxiety attack folks out there, hot tip. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so any kind of focused breathing or breathing exercise yeah. um, combined with sunlight. And then similar to what you mentioned is I'm lucky enough to have a yard. Yes. Um, my yard is more industrial than your yard. <laughs> but same vibes, right? Like get outside um, in my actual yard. Try to form a relationship with it. Um, and the Commodore and I are actively trying to basically rehab our property because mm -hmm. it is a neighborhood that shouldn't exist. It was just made for an industrial railroad oh, yeah. population. Um, and so the land that we live on was, was just kind of ignored. You mm -hmm. know, a house was thrown up. There used to be a house immediately next door to it that's long gone. Oh, okay. Um, but just trying to bring it back a little bit to nature. So planting... Oh, yeah different things in the yard and spending time improving the soil quality and managing the trees that are here that have been neglected for a hundred years. Right. Um, so those two things. And again, nature is kind of the key to all of it for me, like physical grounding on the literal ground yeah. is a big thing. Um, and if you can't do that, any interaction with air or light or water or like even holding like a palm stone like this one I'm holding helps. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, there's no wrong way to do it. There's no wrong no. way to ground. It's what works for you. It is what works for you. And like if I can't or if I know I'm going to be in a circumstance where I'm going to be like back to back things or like I'm doing, you know, like this news thing and then I got to go teach this thing and then I have right. work and then I have, I'll bring everybody's favorite hematite. <laughs> Rusty bottom. <laughs> 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 Rusty Bottom comes Esquire. with me. <laughs> Rusty Bottom Esquire. He's fancy. He's so fancy. Uh, shout out Zonia. Thanks for naming him. <laughs> um, so I will bring this, like, my famous hematite with me, and it really helps because now yeah. in my head, I, I've worked really hard to associate with mm -hmm. calm. You know, like, you're holding this, you got this. You've programmed it. Mm. <sighs> Remember how I was all skeptical in the Grizzle episode, like, that's just spicy psychology. And here she is mm -hmm. all like, take that, Sarah. Oh, Sorry. Man. She's right, though. It's almost like you've imbued it with your energy. <laughs> Damn it. Mulder. That's <laughs> my though. job. Yeah, it is your job. So those are mine. What about you? I what like do you it. do to ground? I, uh, the breathing mm -hmm. thing. And that's just because, um, you know anxiety fun factory over here mm -hmm. um that really helps me the 847 mm -hmm. breathing um and i think you had mentioned what you hear yeah for grounding i do the five senses yeah right so something you know see touch hear taste what have you mm -hmm. even if it's like my breath is kicking <laughs> like, like, oh, it, it'll help I you and everything help bagel you. <laughs> right? you know something just get you um you know, just centered a mm -hmm. little bit. And one thing, I was talking with Joel about this. I never thought about this ever once in my life. Did you know that not everyone has an inner monologue? What are you saying to me right now? There's people just what? walking around. <laughs> what? Just, just being. Just being people. What? Not like, okay, I have to do this and then I'm, I'm walking around. And then Who what's, are what's, those what's people? What's that person thinking about me? There was like a whole thing he was showing me, <laughs> like all these like subreddit things. It's like some people, 
Just no inner monologue. Actually, a lot of people. What? Yeah. And is that normal? <laughs> I'm like, are we abnormal? And I was like, I never. Sometimes even it becomes my outer thought, monologue. I never even thought about that. Where there's some people walking around where it's like they don't have that thing where it's like you're you're double thinking every yeah. everything you're doing. What, yeah. What's going on over there? No, they're just like, mm. what? <laughs> just they're just chilling. You there. mean they just live? Just being happy. <laughs> Their life. <laughs> what? That blew my mind. Okay, I. I we really need to get like D. D what are those cameras called? Those nice cameras. <laughs> I'm like, what is a nice camera? D, DSLR. I don't know what, what are the letters. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say DSM five. You mean the diagnostic manual <laughs> for like, mental health? That's not a camera. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we have it in this room. Oh, no, oh probably. <laughs> I think it's actually somewhere else in this house, but we do but have the DSM. We can 5. reference. But I don't want to yeah, correct that. Um, blew my mind. Right? Is it a disorder? <laughs> no, that's like a thing. It's more common than you think. People just walking around where they don't have that inner, so inner thing. This reminds me of like a totally unrelated tangent, but like one of those things where like you didn't realize it wasn't that everyone couldn't do it. Yeah. Right. So, fun fact, right? Like humans, like we get goosebumps, right? Yeah. Did you know that people can control their goosebumps? Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't. Yes, I can. So apparently, there. I thought everyone could do it. I didn't know that that is. It's just like a thing a percentage of people can do. Wow. That like oh, I, like rolling your tongue. Yeah. Or something. Like, okay. You can give yourself goosebumps on command at any time. And no. I discovered I could do it as a kid because. It's it's like some kind of nerve sensation, like biofeedback okay. or something. Oh, okay. So if you get migraines, you can actually use it to deal with pain. And so when I was a kid, I used to have to ride the public, you know, like the yellow school bus, yeah. and I used to get migraines on the school bus all the time. And so I was like, okay, what can I do? And I started doing this, what I thought everyone Shut could do, up. which is this thing where like. I would give myself goosebumps and I would see how many times in a row I could do it because it's almost like, you know, in superhero shows where like they can use their powers, but then they run out of juice. Yeah. There's a finite number of times you can do oh, it in a row okay. before your body is like, nah, we can't. We got to reboot. At least that's what happens oh, to me. Yeah. And so since I was like 10. No. Is it weird that 10. I'm getting goosebumps while you're no, talking about it? I think it's like, like power of suggestion. I've worked on it. Like <laughs> actively. So I've never heard of that ever yeah. before. So I was like, is this like that where there are people who yeah, probably can just not yeah. be or riddled? Or just shut it off. Which is like how? I have I no don't idea. I don't have any idea either. I literally can't. No. But it happens in my sleep where I wake up and I'm like, my brain's already talking. Oh, yeah. That's where, speaking of sleep, <laughs> again, yeah. all these side tangents, but they're okay. good. I I never have the like just dreamless fun sleep that people talk about. Oh, Every mean, night vivid dream that I remember. Yeah, I don't think I have ever had vivid dreams that I remember every night. Like I've had dreams that are so vivid I still <laughs> to this day you. remember yeah. them, but not like what you've described where you yeah. every single night or like return to certain dreamscapes which and stuff. Is, and I tell Joel about it and he looks like I'm insane. Because <laughs> he doesn't like dream through, like ever. 
What? But he talks in his sleep like a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Spilling the hot tea on this episode. He's always like in war or something. <laughs> Get down! Ah! Like, what's happening? Don't feel bad, Joel. The Commodore yeah. does too, except for it's really cute because he'll be like, what are we doing today? In the middle of the night and I'll be like, um, we're sleeping. He'll be like, all right, all right. He goes back to bed. I'm like, what is happening over there? Yeah, go back to Animal Crossing. <laughs> I can't talk that much smack. I sleep with my eyes open sometimes. No. That's, you go full Gandalf, <laughs> the eyes open? Whoa. He's taking pictures before it's kind of creepy looking. (laughs) Terrifying. We're going to need one of those pictures. (laughs) (laughs) I can probably find one. (laughs) So, yeah, can't can't judge. Can't judge. Not. But But you're telling me that there are weirdos out there with quiet brains that don't... Doesn't compute. Makes sense to me. Nah. So, yeah, my main thing, take, like, my best one, I will say, in the warm months. Yeah. Or the... Kind of warm months, mm-hmm. spring, fall time. Taking my socks off, my shoes, go barefoot mm-hmm. on the earth, yeah. just digging the toes in, mm-hmm. you know, going full spread eagle, just look up, just let the sun soak in. That's the yeah. best, the best for me. Where it's literally, I feel like I'm getting recharged. That's you really can feel cool. it just dropping the bad stuff down into mm-hmm. the ground and absorbing. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite, favorite That's good. Go-to. But not always available. So, you know, meditation yeah. and such. <laughs> yeah, if you live in an urban area where you can't necessarily do that all the time, like, there's workarounds, right? Like, oh, yeah. again, houseplants are very helpful. Um, we may or may not be talking about those pretty soon. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> um, so if you have access to houseplants, if, you've, if you have the ability to go anywhere where there's an indoor garden, like an arboretum, yeah or a conservatory or a botanical garden in your city do that yeah because it will be amazing how much more functional you become when you get out of like the regimented angular world that people craft Mm -hmm. um we talk about that all the time craig and i talk about that all the time how you know if you are in like 90 degree angular structures offices cubicles rooms all the time and your brain is not seeing organic shapes and silhouettes and lines and everything is rigid uh you are going to suffer over Mm -hmm. time and you might feel like no i love it you know especially if you are a big into living in a metro area and you're like no this is my vibe right minimalist yeah and like it might be true but i challenge you to go out and try yeah a little break in nature and and see what benefits you get from it and just absorb the weird. Yeah. Because nature is really freaking weird. It's metal AF out it there, is. actually. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you got to find is. some stuff out there, let me tell you. Which yeah. kind of segues into our next uh, next section. Is it my turn to ask a question? Yeah. So, let's see. Let me find a question that I think vibes with <laughs> you. Hit me. Yeah. So, I um, was writing down like all these like self-help style questions and they were really kind of moving away from our podcast aesthetic (laughs) and um then i was like you know what type of actual activities when you go out into nature do you like to do as a goblin like what what are your things like what are the things that you're interested in Um, when you go outside do you have hobbies in nature do you have 
Oh yeah. Well, I I love a good hike. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got have helped me dip my toe into the world of foraging. Yeah. Which I'm super excited about getting some ramp onions, oh, man. No. I made the dankest, most <laughs> delicious ramp onion cider mozzarella focaccia bread. Whoa. It was so good, man. <laughs> that was from one hike. I ate the one whole loaf in like a day and a half. <laughs> it was so good. I made a compound butter with Ooh. some ramp onions, mm. a little salt. Little citrus mm-hmm. garlic. Oh, it was so good. I should really shout out Wild State. I used their cider. It was delicious. So good. We're big fans. Yeah. Not sponsored. Should be. Should be. <laughs> but I would say my my favorite gobbling thing outside. I love finding a new location, mm-hmm. a secret location. Oh yeah. And finding little things. Oh. Collectible are- things. Sometimes big things. I've been known to take home a big stick. <laughs> That I can whittle. <laughs> as, ref- as reference to the piles of sticks drying all around your home. <laughs> you everywhere. do indeed take home a big stick. Well, sometimes it's like, okay, you know, especially in spring and summertime, I will dehydrate some citrus fruits. Mm-hmm. And from said big stick, I will hang them. Yeah. And then it's like potpourri smelling. And it looks really cool. It very is. mod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, you do- did you see my driftwood I made? Commodore, I was like, those would look good with the blank growing up them. He's like, we have four in the yard already. I'm like, we don't have these three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I love to collect. Yeah. Things, but I also I love to find a secret place mm-hmm. that I can come back to, and it's like, oh, it's the cool, yeah, the cool spot. Absolutely. You know? And then it becomes the the sanctuary, the spot. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And foraging. I want to do an entire episode about foraging. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm a foraging noob. So like I've, Same. <laughs> I've been out several times, you know, and we went ramp foraging and we live in the Midwest. So ramps aren't nearly as much of a collection issue as they are on the East Coast. So oh, they're quite abundant. Yeah. They're in boop like <laughs> and we don't take the bulbs. We just take the leaves. So, you know, we have some ethics you know, if you're interested in foraging, there is a million and a half books, channels, TikTokers. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of my favorites is Black Forager. Um, she's on TikTok and Instagram. And she's amazing. And she gives some, I'll link her account. Is she the one who gets all the little mushrooms and like shows you how to eat? She makes she's all, not- almost all of her food out of forage. I think I know who you're talking she's about. She's so amazing. Yes. Yes. And she talks about the ethics of foraging mm. and she also is really great about educating people about lookalikes because Ooh, you yeah. don't want to die. Um, no. And she also talks a lot about the history of foraging and how outlawing foraging was a way to try to control the African-American mm. population post ending of slavery because Bruh. their foraging of wild foods was a big staple part of their culture and their diet. Oh yeah. And so of course it was made illegal in many States. Um, so she discusses the like super important historical aspect yeah. of that for not only the Af- African American um, culture, but also it's I mean in our area the indigenous population oh, yeah. are the OG. I yeah. mean they <laughs> yeah. know and they lived in such an intense harmonic balance with the land here mm-hmm. and where we live, um, like in the industrial revolution complex came here. 
and utterly destroyed the ecosystem. Oh, my God. Uh, in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And if you look at just the picture difference, oh it's God. insane. Yes. And and so, like, what was once exceptionally abundant here, um, one of our most beloved natural resources, wild rice, mm-hmm. uh, was utterly decimated by the yeah. logging uh, by the logging machine that came through here. And it's so delicious. It's amazing. Ugh. I love a wild rice soup. Oh, it's so good. And there's restoration efforts underway, mm-hmm. but because the entire ecological landscape has changed, mm-hmm. restoration is incredibly difficult with wild rice right now. Right. So, you know, foraging is something that I really want to dig into um, and cover, and I want to find some local foragers because there's subsets, man. Like, oh, yeah. You can be somebody that does general foraging. You can be a person that's like, I only go for mushrooms, which right. is what got me into it. Um, yeah, so foraging is a big one. Oh, yeah, that will definitely be its own, probably multi, multi-episode Absolutely. saga. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it is a rich, rich subject, and there's so much you can learn, and also uh, so much that doesn't need to be gatekept. Like it has yep. been uh, forever. So I feel that. I'm looking at you, mushrooming community. Mushroom bros. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a thing. Don't worry, Sonia. We'll get you out of here. It's all good. Yes. Um, so getting out into nature, finding a secret spot, collecting things. Yes. And also, goblins, when you're out there, remember there's no shame in collecting 30 acorn tops right. if you find them on the ground because you're going to turn them into something at some point. They're abundant. They are abundant. And know the rules, right? Yeah. Because sometimes you be in places where you can't collect like stuff. Like a national park. National parks or and state giant parks. crystals. Oh, that's all oh, you still thinking about that citrine. I always think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was shamed by old tourists. I mean. Probably rightfully so. I was kind of digging a hole in the ground. <laughs> I mean. You know, you be know. respectful. Be respectful. Follow Res- the rules. Don't get yourself in trouble. Don't get banned from any national monuments or anything, you know. Except the shame. That's probably due. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but I'm sure it was but, stunning. Oh, my God. It, <laughs> it was huge. And, and you know what? I want you to commend yourself on your ethics because you know other people would have just oh, chipped they the been shit like, out of that thing. They would have been like, screw these old people. Oh, yeah. They would have cared. I was just full of it. I was just... It was in uh, the Badlands. Oh, yeah. And it was just all mystical and magical. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, a dragon egg. <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But I left it as it should have probably stayed there. So you nice of you. It happens. So uh, speaking of yeah. dragon eggs. Yeah. My next one for you. Do you have a familiar? <laughs> I knew or, you were going to ask me this. Or what? I'll just say and. Mm -hmm. So do you have one? And then if you could pick anyone, Mm -hmm. fantastical, fictional, or otherwise, what would it be? I.e. Joel said he would do a baby dragon. Baby dragon. That's always stayed little. So he means a fire lizard from Pern. (laughs) I was like a salamander. (laughs) Yes, precisely. Well, yeah. now that we've introduced our audience to the world of Pern, Joel wants a fire lizard. (laughs) Yes. he would rock a fire lizard. <laughs> I think his fire lizard would be great. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I feel that. Yeah. Um, so I have two real world familiar examples. And then I have like if I was going to pick any, you know, any creature from any whatever yeah. list. 
So in my lifetime, I've been fortunate enough to have two. Um, one of them was my bird, Mojo, who passed yeah. away. And you never got to meet Mojo. Um, she was a Conyer, a Jende Conyer. And she lived with me for 14 years. And this bird, anyone that knew me and Mojo was like, uh, that's weird. Like, yeah. she, <laughs> she was just... The homie. Yeah, yeah. she was my, my little feathery person. Mm-hmm. Um, and she passed away in an accident. And it was, like, so Aww. horrible. And it was, like, the loss of, of like, a beloved oh, yeah, a family, family member. member. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but currently, and I didn't, like, expect this to happen because... I never have really owned a cat. Um, and when I, m- I moved in with a Commodore one day, I, I was like, is that a cat? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was just over here and he was like, yeah, I got a cat. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, I was just over here hanging out one day. I'm like, where where did that come from? He's like, oh, yeah, I adopted a cat. I'm like, oh, shit, all right. Um, so. Yeah, I got a cat. <laughs> yeah. Her name, her name is Betty. Um, She's the best. Yeah. And she. Oh picked me as like a person that she is like okay so she was very quiet and shy when he got her and foxy's all jealous like <laughs> i thought i was your familiar i'm mom. not quiet and shy <laughs> i'm out here jingle dangle <laughs> um but betty just decided that like we were gonna have this relationship and mm-hmm. then became very insistent about it like i don't ever call her betty i call her my kittens and she is one of those kind of cats that like wherever i am in the house if i call her she's right there Mm -hmm. um she follows me around everywhere i go she's very emotionally connected if i'm ever upset or if i Mm -hmm. cry ever she's right there i mean and like in my face um and if i have a nightmare she wakes me up so she'll come and yep she'll (laughs) like push on my face or like whack me a bunch of times until i wake up and then her little like green eyes are just right in my face so she's a real sweetheart um so yeah i've had two real world familiars and i think like a lot of people when you go out in nature and spend a lot of time in nature over time you develop an affinity for different species of animals that you see that you just have a fondness for Mm -hmm. um and I have a lot of those, you know, I have a lot of species of animals that I either see all the time or have a special meaning to me. And I just get super excited when I see them. Um, one of them, I think a lot of people would agree with is ravens. Uh, yep. and, and one that's a little more unusual are actually tiger beetles. <laughs> yes. Tiger beetles are real special to me. <laughs> uh, I love tiger I love beetles. That. Yeah, I love tiger beetles so much. Um, but if I could pick anything... Um, I agree with Joel, actually. Like, since I was in middle school, I wanted a fire lizard from Pern and, mm. like, wanted one so bad. Um, yes. So I think if I could pick a familiar, it would be a fire lizard from Pern or um, a Niffler from the Harry Potter universe. And anybody that knows me, the Commodore, when he listens to this, is going to laugh, <laughs> uh, knows why I love a Niffler. I'm going to leave it in there. Uh and then, but like a practical one that mm-hmm. actually I think more efficiently sums up who I actually am uh, would be like a very large, oversized, magical toad. Would <gasps> I, I could totally, yeah, totally, I could totally. <laughs> that was unintentional. I, I do feel like a toad is definitely more of my vibe. Like, but like a giant, yeah, like a like really a big one. toad, like um, the one from Futurama. Yeah, really <laughs> That's big, like the, yeah. a basketball, very large toad. Um, 
yeah, I feel like that's my vibe. What about you? What about you? Do you? Well, I would say mine was zombie. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace. My, my fat cat. cat. Mm -hmm. Um, monster bless her. My German shepherd. (laughs) She, well, he was like the thing where like, you know, you're crying. He Mm -hmm. would come to you. Monster. She's like, yeah, right. <laughs> You're fine over there. You, you do. I would like a treat. I mean, I I love her dearly so much. Mm-hmm. But zombie was was the homie. Mm-hmm. But I go uh, I go visit him. He not to be super morbid. He's buried in my yard. Yeah. <laughs> he has a little gravestone and some catnip planted I think that's there. That's amazing. But I go have coffee with him sometimes. Yeah. Hey, what up, little buddy? Absolutely. But I don't know why this popped into my head. But I think it would be really cool. It's not even like a mystical creature. Like a raccoon. (laughs) (laughs) They have little hands. (laughs) And you know what they love more than anything else on planet Earth? Hmm. A marshmallow. You want a raccoon? I'm not going to disclose how I know this. But (laughs) you want a raccoon to like do something like, hey man, go over there into that box. Just be like, here's a marshmallow and go toss it in there. And they'll be like, they'll be like, I must have this mellow. Yeah. Oh, I just, I saw this video the other night. It was the cutest thing where someone was probably not greatly feeding them off their back porch. Yeah, not a good call. Like just saying different, different little things and little Fruit Loops and grapes and stuff. And I was like, can you imagine if one of those was your little buddy? Uh, your little pal? Your gal Friday? I mean, on paper, it sounds great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like the perfect raccoon. Oh, right. Not I mean, like... The ones that go <laughs> and get in your garbage. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. But yeah, if you could get the perfect raccoon. Yeah. Like a I trainable, like, maybe talk or like something. I feel like maybe a red panda is a perfect <gasps> raccoon. <laughs> like okay, if, switching my answer to red okay. panda. I'll switch to red they're panda. They're so cute. And, and they're floofier. And they seem a little, like, they seem like an actual Pokemon. Because they have the silliness of a panda. Mm-hmm. But they still have them little hands. Yeah, the little hands. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so I'll switch to Red Panda. Uh, uh, fair. I, I get behind <laughs> Raccoon as well, except for they can give you the brain work. So I don't. Oh, really I don't want the brain work. No, you don't want that. That would that Form, would change the whole vibe. Former wildlife rehabber over here is like, that's a great <laughs> idea, but also have you seen their poop? Um, <laughs> yes. like, holy yes. shit! Don't don't want that. No, want but that. I agree because they're so cute. Oh my god! I did find a baby one on the side of the road <gasps> one time that I saved, and then. And it was lost, legitimately lost. Its mom never came back for it. It was like the size of like, um, I don't know. It was just like the size of a guinea pig at the time. Oh, just a little mane. Yeah. And it had wood ticks all over it and I got the ticks off of it. Then I had to hydrate it with a bottle. Oh. It was really cute. When they're little, if they're dehydrated, you can give them water mixed with Pedialyte and it will help them hydrate. Hot tip. I know. <laughs> yeah. They're don't so give cute. them cow milk. Whatever you do, oh. do not give them cow milk. Can't process it. Nope, it will make the baby super sick. Oh, so yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. anyway, again, tangent. Red, but they're so cute. <laughs> so on kind of a similar note to the, do you have a familiar question? Yes, I had kind of a similar question where I wanted to know, do you have like a connection with a yeah. being from nature that you really identify with, and not limited to animals like. Plants, animals, fungus, minerals, rocks, like is there something or a variety of things? Like I think throughout life all of us kind of develop our own personal mm-hmm. symbolism roster that like you <laughs> oh, yeah. see it and you're like that means oh, for yeah. me, you know? So do yeah. you have anything like that? My my biggest one 
Weirdly enough, because I'm mostly fire and the air signs. Yeah, you are. Bodies of water. Mm. You know, land of 10,000 lakes. I know it. Lake Superior. Lake Superior's on my list like four times. Yeah. I I love a, any and any river connected to it. Mm-hmm. But every time I swim, go for a float, just dip my toes in that bad boy, I mean... Oh, yeah. It's... Talk about grounding. Talk about like a reset, refresh. There's something about Lake Superior. I mean, she magical. Yep. And if you are from here, it is almost impossible. The idea of not ever, like if you thought about moving away and like the idea of not seeing her. No. Is physically distressing. (laughs) No. I I will say (laughs) it is such a thing that is just, it's, it's home. Oh, yeah. You know? And I think that's a part of it. But uh, when Joel and I were were 18, we moved to North Carolina. Oh. And lived there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, didn't work out. Mm-hmm. We tried it. Yeah. <laughs> but learned some things, met some cool people. When we came home mm-hmm. and drove down Thompson Hill. And you saw, right when you come over the hill. Tears. Immediately. <laughs> ah! everybody that is from here when you come over that hill Mm. it's the same feeling it's a visceral just like i feel it in my chest Mm -hmm. (laughs) you see the lift bridge and just you know the temperature is going to drop 15 degrees and you feel amazing yes yep (laughs) and it's just it's the air that comes off of it yep and it's just it i feel like it tastes different it smells different just the water from it's delicious it's so delicious <laughs> and but i think there's something really about being submersed in it and yeah. especially just like the rivers and little you know you go cliff jumping or oh, whatever yeah. around here there's something about that where it's it feels like almost a spiritual reset it where does it's just i've cleansed away all the toxic bullshit um you know you're getting with the rhythm of the waves a little bit and yeah you know i am i am that trashy person who has brought a floaty to the boundary waters oh no that's fine (laughs) the boundary water you do what you do in the boundary waters and that is just just being in all of the lakes i'll say especially in this state i've been in in other other ones like like flathead Mm -hmm. in montana where that was one of the more, I would say, legit spiritual yeah. experiences I've mm-hmm. had in my life. Just floating Ooh. in Flathead Lake where you can see hundreds of feet down and you're surrounded by mountain coves. Dang. And he's just laying back on there, just like feeling the water. And you look down and it's like, that's like a thousand year old tree under there. That's <laughs> just huge. crazy. It's trippy. Mm. So, but we have like little versions of that mm-hmm. around here that we can access it's like it's a little colder mm-hmm. it is <laughs> you know you have but, to be resistant to the cold yeah but that's kind of part of the thrill of the lake superior experience oh, yeah. is that you know i've done a polar plunge same saying yeah you go in there and you're like and it's becoming more of a thing too where there mm-hmm. are people who do like a jump a month all year yep. if they can get in there i mean right. and they go find a spot if break through the ice right um, and a couple of years ago when it froze over all the way further out than all of us could see. Yeah. Um, and if you're not from Duluth and you ever visit, just get down to the shore and yeah. look out 
as far as you can see. Mm-hmm. And the ice was indescribably beautiful. Like oh god. And and it seemed like every single person with a pair of ice skates in Duluth <laughs> that was able to get onto the yep. lake because it's scary to oh, get yeah. up because of the sounds. If you're not from a place where Ooh, water freezes ooh. like that, the sounds that the ice makes are I mean it's magical and terrifying yeah. and you realize right away that you are not you are a tiny thing. <laughs> and and I think yeah. that that's part of it too, right? Mm-hmm. Where it gives you perspective. You're just like, oh, no, I'm my own little bitty. Right. Two friggin' kids in Leicester. I know. The other day. They got stuck out there. And it's like, it can get you. So be careful. Yeah, and Lake Superior, (laughs) we've we've talked about this before. Lake Superior has an extremely high number of shipwrecks. And, I mean, people that have passed away due to Mm -hmm. shipwrecks. My great uncle passed away off of a ship in Lake Superior. So it's like... A dangerous, beautiful, stunning body of water yeah. that once you like meet her, mm-hmm. you don't ever forget. Oh no! Mm-mm. And it's just the amount, the amount of times I've gone down by myself and just sat. And me and my mom both do this. Yeah, we just like me I'll and call- my mom do too. <laughs> I'll Separately. call her sometimes. She's like, I'm like just sitting by the lake, you know, praying or yeah. whatever. Yeah, doing my thing. We do our thing, and. uh you know, I'll go, I'll go down and sit there and just pull some cards, get a drink, and I'll just lay down in mm-hmm. the back of my station wagon, which was my favorite thing about buying that car. Oh yeah, <laughs> is the fact just put the back thing down. I have a blanket back there for this purpose, and just be able to sit, no music, nothing, listen to waves crash, mm-hmm. you know, back and forth, a little call. Yeah, <laughs> of a, a little, seagull or something. Kids or playing in the offing, <laughs> you know. But there's just there's so many memories. I got uh, married on Brighton Beach. You got you know, married on right, Brighton Beach? Yeah, right Dang. on the water, man. Yeah. And we rented the gazebo. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't the like high class. <laughs> oh. A car alarm may have gone off. Well, <laughs> hey, man, it's all part of the experience. Well, um. The guy officiating us, well, he said, for better or for worse, a car alarm went off. And it was quite funny. <laughs> like, oh, but no. still, we got the... The ancestors yeah. spoken. <laughs> we got the uh, the magical, you know, the pics with the with the lake in the background. Oh, so yeah. I would, finally enough, definitely say sources of water. Mm-hmm. Like when my creek gets roaring in my yard, I will just go sit down there and listen to it Mm -hmm. like it's talking to me or telling me a story or Mm -hmm. something and anytime i'm in nature you know i love a bog any any type of water a bog a swamp it always has the weirdest stuff the weirdest flowers the weirdest bugs we're like what the hell was that moth yeah is that a new species i just it's water man it's the source of life it is after all it is indeed so that's my answer. I'm sticking to it. That's a good it. answer. That's yeah. a good, that was a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> how, that's a nice boulder. <laughs> how, how about you, friend? Uh, same, same. Same, same. the truth. Like, yeah. Lake Superior is definitely at the top of my most beloved. Okay. And uh, it's hard not to. And I think everybody, every single person, I, I'm sure if you yeah. ask anyone that has the ability to get to the lake, yeah. everyone has a quote unquote spot oh yeah right we all have at least one i got a park point spot a wisconsin point spot a brighton beach spot especially spot if you grew up in lakeside yeah (laughs) right which we did um everybody's all like 
We're about to talk like the 42nd Avenue East Beach. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. Yep. That was my sister. <laughs> Everybody loved that spot. Um, yep. So, you know, we all have a spot that is in our head, our spot, right? Yeah. And so a lot of times, especially because it has like volcanic basalt mm-hmm. along the shore and you, you know, if you go further up the North Shore specifically, you know, you can find all of these spots where these big boulders have like hidden, hidden places so you yep. can like climb down into them safely. You're not really in any danger and sit literally with the water right by you. I mean, yeah. you, you can just put your feet in and sit there and like the rock will be warm and mm-hmm. it's just the best thing in the whole world. Oh, yeah. So I think that that was like probably the biggest one for me and like anything and it kind of ties into like you gave me your list of questions before yeah and so like there was one that I think is kind of the same as mine which was like places in nature that I would go or like where I've felt the spirit yeah you know and That's so like your sanctuary yeah and yeah so sanctuary. Like, <laughs> sorry I can't have it did you just go full quasi <laughs> You did. You did. You can't just quasi-moto whenever you want. I can't say sanctuary without <laughs> I mean, who amongst us doesn't love Esmeralda? It's a compulsion. Right? Sorry. No, I'm here for it. Uh, <laughs> love me some gargoyles. Oh, yeah. Still, to this day, the grossest Disney villain. What was his name? The bad guy um, that was all lusty after Esmeralda. He was a real like, dude. Yeah. And he was oh my gross. God. Rasputin? No. No. That's Anastasia. No. That's Anastasia. What am I thinking? What's his name? I don't know. It's I can of... picture his stupid oh, face. Oh, and he's so gross. I'm... Yeah. But I know who you're talking about. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. As a kid, I was like, ew, man. <laughs> you gross. nasty as yes. <laughs> Oh, man. Go with Quasimodo. Um, yes. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, North Shore or South Shore of Lake Superior, mm. both popping. Yes. Um, the other two places are not in Minnesota that I have fe- mm. like had this feeling and had no control. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this is like, and I do think I have heard people talk about like you go around the planet, especially places you've never been before, and sometimes you just have a moment where you're like, this feels some type of way right now, like you're like something's going on. almost. Like you've been there before or that you feel very connected to it and you have no idea why. And one of the times I experienced that was um, the first time I ever went out into the like forest slash jungle um, in Jalisco in Mexico, mm-hmm. like outside of Puerto Vallarta. Um, and so I went out on a hike and it was just like, I don't know. I had no idea why I felt the way it was like the everything about the forest was amazing. The smell of the forest, like the heat from the sun, the way there was life on everything and like all of these bugs. I couldn't stop. Like I was just freaking out. Felt familiar. Very. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like, what is happening? And then, um, when I went to the desert for the first time, which mm-hmm. I had not traveled to the Southwest at all up until the last two years. Yeah. And so I went to the Southwest on two separate trips in the last two years, and I couldn't even deal with how much I love the desert. Like, dude, the videos you were sending me. It was bonkers. Of that raven oh. communicating with you. <laughs> 
what? Like that was insane. It was crazy. I was show- not for nothing. I showed that to everybody. <laughs> I was like, look at this crazy shit. Yeah, like, and it, and it was, was so like, cool. Buddy, hey. And it, I mean, it, it was just a different vibe. And, Dude. And then like to be in like the desert of Southern Utah and to have wild friggin' horses come out uh. of the brush and like, I was like, I'm either going to die right now because yeah. they were real close. Oh, yeah. Uh, or the I'm Mustangs. having a, a spiritual experience right now. Mm-hmm. Um, or both. Or both. <laughs> yep. And if I got to go, as the Commodore would say, it's how I wanted to go. That's the, what he right. would have wanted. Um, yeah. But those three are like my top three. And mm-hmm. like I've been to other places before. Um, yeah. You, I've been lucky enough. Yeah. I've been lucky enough to travel to a few different countries and. Um, spend some time you know like some real time there and i have had like connections and in a lot of those places my connections have been more with people Mm. um the places are beautiful and stunning and stuff but it's hard to connect um and those three places though it's it hits different when you connect with the earth yeah it seems much more personal Mm -hmm. much more personal for sure what about you Besides Lake Superior, are there other places outside of the... Well, I would say when I was in Montana, in Mm -hmm. Flathead, for sure. I had a similar experience when I was in New Orleans, when I was actually like kind of in between there and Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shout out Jay, my internet friend, turned real friend. See, that's why the internet can be glorious. It is why the internet can be glorious. Um, We met on the Instagram. Oh, yeah. And then hung out in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There was no in-between there. (laughs) But uh, we went to this little grove with all these crazy gnarly trees. Like they were like big willow type trees, Mm -hmm. but the bases of them were like all knotted and crazy looking. And there's this huge grove we're surrounding, surrounded by them. And I remember we're just, we're all just picking up sticks (laughs) and like touching trees. And we're just like, I'm going to need a minute. (laughs) Straight vibing. We all got the vibe. But I would say that was for sure another place. And then uh, a lot of mine are really around different places in Minnesota. Oh. Really. Or (laughs) around Lake Superior. Because, like, I feel similar like that when I go to Cornucopia in Mm -hmm. Wisconsin. Which is still on Lake Superior. But, oh, it's just. Cornucopia is amazing. Oh, my. I would live there. Super secret hidden gem. Like. I don't understand why more people don't know how amazing Cornucopia yeah. is. I mean, it's terrible. Don't go there. Yeah. Oh, wink, wink. <laughs> it's, it's great. <laughs> it is great. Yes. They have amazing beaches and cool caves that yeah. you can kayak into. And there's and an amazing magical. Like, little arts community there. And oh, yeah. Like a fishing community. It's And it has top-notch waterfalls. Yeah. Top-notch. And they have dope little cafes yeah and do like movies outside in the summertime in the cafe that's it like i mean don't go there it's (laughs) It's great we love corny Mm -hmm. out here Mm -hmm. yeah was it uh was it mine or yours you can ask one if you got another one let me see here interview with a goblin continues (laughs) oh okay switching it up a tidbit all right we're talking gardens. Oh, yeah, because we've established we both have yards. Oh, yeah. Do we both? <laughs> that, that's our segue, folks. <laughs> we both have yards. So naturally, we should switch gears 
and talk gardens. <laughs> I'm great at this. Um, no, you do. I'm here for it, man. This episode is weird and all over the place, and I'm 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 down with it. I feel like. That's our vibe. It's a way to have a conversation about what's on our mind, but also get to know us more as people. So if you've been like, who the hell are these people who are so anti-Kensington Runestone? (laughs) Now you know. What's their beef with this forensic geologist? I know. I mean, you get to to look under the stone, as it were. Yeah. A little bit. You know, flip it over. See what's going on. There it is. Uh, So, we both have yards. We both have yards. <laughs> uh, what uh, What are you planting this year? What's the the Whoa. garden plan? And as a what goblin, are you putting in the ground, growing things is a big part of goblin mode. I would. Say. I mean, like, I don't know a member of the squad yet who is anti plant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my love of gardening has only increased over time, and so mm-hmm. in my yard, um, the commodore and I have built a raised vegetable garden, Mm -hmm. but we also have like a pollinator garden that's attached to it that we add on every year. We deal with flooding a lot in our area, so we're kind of working out potential water mitigation this year, which is going to be a cool adventure. Yeah. Because one of my goals is to actually increase. We don't have any amphibians in our yard. None. I've never seen an amphibian. Your yard is loaded. What are them? Peepers? They'd be coming out any day now. It's getting real close to spring peeper time. Low frogs. We have no frogs. We have no frogs, no toads, no salamanders in this yard. And I'm sure it's because of sediment contamination. Mm. Um, but I want to improve the habitat here for that. But this year, I'm going full pumpkin patch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's evident. And, Come uh, on, pumpkin patch. Yeah, I'm not sure. I feel, I feel for the Commodore because I just basically was like, I'm going to do this. And oh, yeah. he was like, okay. And then he he gets to the practical part of it. Like, how are we going to keep deer from eating all of it? And I went, we're going to need, we're going to need some fencing. We're going to yeah. need. So I have currently going. And on top of this, this is how much I'm into to vegetables. <laughs> so I'm, I'm growing, <laughs> I'm growing like five, four or five varieties of gourds, like squash, pumpkins, I love like, the gourd. Yeah, butternut squash, acorn squash, spaghetti squash, um, some heritage pumpkins. Mm. And then I'm doing a couple different species of heirloom corn, a bajillion types of tomatoes, peppers. And I also have a flower garden. Oh. Yeah, which I'm expanding this year. So that's different. But What do you, what do you have going in the flower garden? Um, This year I'm adding... So I have, again, the two separate flower gardens, technically three, but the big flower garden this year is getting like three varieties of poppies. Um, I'm adding in some zinnias. I have mostly perennials, but I'm Mm. adding in annuals this year because last year I started getting into cut flowers Mm. more. Um, For your flower shop? Yeah, for my mobile (laughs) flower shop that hasn't... It's going to happen. You got to start somewhere, I know. Um, <laughs> it's going to happen. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I added in a bunch of different varieties this year, like a ton of different varieties. And then uh, on top of having my own garden, I also get a farm share every year. Oh, like, yeah. I just can't not get a farm share. Shout out Rising Phoenix. 
You're um, up in the hat. I am wearing the hat <laughs> right, now, right now, man. I thought it was a Raising Arizona hack. So nah. I, I just realized I have dyslexia or something in my brain. <laughs> I was like, no. why did I put that together? I love my farm share and the farmers that run my farm Hell share. Yeah. Heather Marie and John, you are the best. Um, Shout out. Yeah, our local farmers are so hardcore and amazing, and they run like such an awesome operation. And I am actually going to volunteer there this year. I'm just oh, really yeah. excited to go to like the farm events and stuff. So I'm super pro garden and container garden. And I also grow a lot of like edible flowers for mm-hmm. my animals. So like I have a bunch of varieties of different nasturtiums and violas and violets and like a ton of other herbs that I grow uh, specifically for my turtles and tortoise. And they're beautiful too. They're so pretty. And I'm going to use them this year. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to get into dried tea this year. I'm going to get into like flowers and baked goods this year. So I have like a whole list and it's Uh, possibly because winter has been 10,000 years long. It's been so (sighs) I feel like... I'm ready to dehydrate. Narnia with the White Witch still alive <laughs> For here. For real. Like, we be no rolling one, with no Christmas. No one wants your nasty Turkish delight. No. Your powdered jelly. Biggest Get out of here. Con of all time. <laughs> Edmund owes us all for making us believe Turkish delight was delicious. You gave up an entire, like... You sold out your siblings, You man. sold out three siblings for a You didn't a piece even get, of- like... A Reese's peanut butter cup. Turkish delight? <laughs> I would have gone for a Cadbury egg and been like, Sorry, cheesecake. Guys. <laughs> yeah, man. No. DQ Blizzard. Something. <laughs> I mean, anything. But Turkish delight. For shame. Forsooth. Edmund. <laughs> um, Line the Witch in the Wardrobe, everybody. Yeah. In, case, <laughs> in case you didn't know. Um, yeah, so big time gardening. And gardening for me, again, falls into that same, like, if you are struggling with anxiety and you need right. something to do, the physical maintenance of the garden, the routine tasks, the management of the plants, mm-hmm. the harvesting, like the planting, the harvesting, the caring. The distraction and focus mm-hmm. on taking care of something that's just not any of your other out- external problems. Yep. <laughs> really. It's really, really good for you. and. Yeah. Like, it's also something you can do as a social activity. So mm-hmm. if you have friends that want to learn how to garden or you have gardening tasks, it's really fun to invite people over and be mm-hmm. like, hey, today we're going to, you know, take off all of these squash flowers and we're going to yeah. do this with them, you know, or whatever. And so it's a good way to get people involved. Plus, in the last three years, the invertebrate population in my yard has gone up so crazy. Ooh. So I am always looking for different species of bugs in my yard. <laughs> and last year I discovered, and we had a low population last year, so I'm worried about them, but I'm going to try this year to see how they're doing. So we have a firefly population in our yard, Ooh, okay. um, which I love. And then I discovered, yeah, <laughs> I discovered um, we have leaf cutter bees in yeah. our yard which yeah. i only found because i noticed all of my lilac bushes had perfect circles cut out of the leaves <laughs> and i was like what the hell and then i followed them and yeah. i was like oh my god what are you doing they're leaf cutter bees um and the bees don't actually eat the leaves like they use them as to grow i think is it the bees that do that or the ants that do that there's a the leaf cutter ants use the leaves to grow a fungus that they harvest they don't actually eat the leaves and leafcutter bees use the leaves in a way to, like, feed their babies somehow. Mm-hmm. I have to look that up. But anyway, 
leafcutter bees. And then I added a new invertebrate, the mantid fly, which looks like <laughs> Dr. Frankenstein took a praying mantis and a hornet and stuck them together. No. And they were in, yeah, it's amazing. That sounds terrifying. And they were I'd want to see it, but oh, also pictures. like look at it from a little bit farther They away. were just chilling in my yard and I was That's like, so crazy. Oh, I've never seen one in real life. I was super excited and I was just like, oh my God, oh my God. It found you. Oh, I love them so much. <laughs> love. So anything to increase the number of bugs in my yard because... As I've gotten older and weirder, bugs have become like my thing. Like I love, they are pretty interesting. I love bugs. Yeah, and I have plenty of animals, as we covered. You really need to come down to my creek. You kick a log over down there. It's like crazy bugs, pants, right? Bugs. Yep. I don't have enough bugs Except in my life. You don't like a centipede. I can get behind it. In nature, they have there's their some place. Big, there's some big ones. Right. I won't let them bite me, and I won't keep them yeah. in my house. Just look at them squiggle. But away. I love a millipede. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love a millipede. So, anyway. Yeah. You got a lot going on in your garden this year. It's going to be busy. It's going to yeah. be good. I what saw are... your little starters downstairs. They're they're thriving. Those, what were those, your little pumpkins? Yeah, those they're big huge. Boys? They're yeah, huge. They're little an, ribbons. They're an heirloom French species. Oh, oh I know. I know. fancy. <laughs> so, we'll see. This is my first ever, quote unquote, pumpkin patch mm. attempt. And I know it can be finicky mm. as far as getting mature plants so or mature fruits. So I'm going to research the hell out of it. And I am doing some trellising with my squash this year. Instead of letting them be terrestrial, I'm going to trellis them. Um, the vertical pumpkin garden. Yeah. So the, the pumpkins I'm planting are going to be too big. They just, if they actually grow. It'd be big. too heavy. But the squash. Mm. Yeah. The squash can trellis. Also just how magical would that look? I think we should all just do a goblin photo shoot in there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm here for it. With all of your flowers. I know. Flowers. Maybe I'll make a house out of sunflowers. I heard like five kinds of sunflowers. Herman the tortoise is back there. uh, I I am building them an outdoor cage this year, too. So everybody will be out in the yard. Yeah. It'll be great. I wish summer was not three months long. I know. But it's coming. Uh, The fact that it's still light out right now and we're talking. I I have hope. It's amazing. I have hope, man. I do, too. It's, it's a coming. Hang in there, everybody. Yeah. We're going to make it, man. Uh, what about you? What are you growing? Um, We got many a peppers oh, right yeah, now. Peppers. I think we just have peppers and tomatoes. Mm-hmm. We love a yellow cucumber. Oh, a cucumber. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, they're very weird looking and kind of... You were describing them like a lemon? Pretty, it's like the shape of a lemon, but... Picture like the outside of a cucumber, how that looks, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's yellow, but kind of little pricklies on it, like oh. a star fruit. Oh, yep. And, but then you cut them open, they're really seedy, but you can mm. eat the seeds. They're very good. Mm-hmm. I, I love a yellow cucumber. And it's just, they're easier to grow because they don't get, my cucumbers and zucchini get Ginormous. like the size of my arm and then in like, my yard. do anything like, with this. What am I supposed, I have 12 of these. Mm-hmm. I just give them to people. I'm like, make some zucchini bread, man. It's become a season in Minnesota where yeah. they're like, watch out for anyone carrying a zucchini. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't take any more zucchini <laughs> this week. I will say I make a chocolate zucchini bread. That's dope. It's delicious. It just tastes like brownie bread because the zucchini just makes it really Are we moist. We're going to have to make a cookbook. Perhaps Maybe I got we'll get recipes, that. man. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Joel has recipes. Joel has recipes. <laughs> well, I'll say, I I bake more than him. He cooks, mm-hmm. but I'll I'll make a bread all day. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we got we got lots of different varieties of peppers. We love to make a hot sauce at yeah. the end of every year, so we dehydrate mm-hmm. them, and then we'll. Um, he's been fermenting things, <laughs> but <laughs> oceans. His unguents. first his first fermented hot sauce was interesting because I was like, why it kind of tastes like kombucha, <laughs> man? What's going on here? Why is it spicy? <laughs> <laughs> it it. It was good flavors because he ordered some Thai peppers off the internet. Ooh, dang. Yeah, that'll get you. But uh, we dehydrated the peppers that we grew last year. Mm-hmm. Immersion blend them with some Ooh. citrus, some garlic. Dang. Dude, it was so good. Mm. So, so good. But mm. I also, I grow hella herbs oh, yeah. for witchy and non-witchy purposes. Mm-hmm. I got my mugwort going right yeah. now. <laughs> um, which uh, I'll do a tea. Mm-hmm incense blends and then i i end up dehydrating or drying a lot of it you know do hang you, it upside down yeah do you just do the old school hang it up i do both with mugwort i tend to do that with like basil or mm-hmm. when the leaves are way bigger i'll do that in the dehydrator yeah because i feel you, you get a little more bang for your buck when i was just that way. do you ever dry flowers yeah do you f- use the dehydrator or do you do the flipping method where you like lay them out and let them dry and then flip them I've done both. Mm-hmm. The best thing, weirdly enough, I've found with flowers is if you do them over a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. I have one of those. I have my fancy dehydrator that has like a drawer and racks and stuff. But I have one of those circle ones. Yeah. You know, the like ones you get at like Walmart yeah. or whatever that have the couple stacks. You put your flowers in there and then I put that whole thing mm-hmm. into a brown paper bag. Oh. And just let that chill, you know, burp it. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, get some fresh air in there. Let that chill for a couple of weeks. They get perfect, crispy, and retain their color. Oh, dang. That way. It's the best method that I've found. Because I had a weird thing happen to me last year. I was trying to dehydrate apple blossoms. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like I may have told you that. I don't know. So I took some apple blossoms. I'm like, oh, they smell so good. They're so pretty, all white and pink. Yeah. I uh, put them in my dehydrator. Uh-huh. I washed them. I washed them, patted them down, put them oh, in the dehydrator. Oh, this memory is coming back to me now. And then I take them out. They're all crispy. Mm-hmm. I put them in a jar, you oh, know, yeah. for fun things I'm going to do later with them. I don't know yet. And then I go back to said jar. Like a week later, Ugh. it was full of tiny, worms. weird little worms. I remember this I was story. like, how did you survive? Yeah, where did you even come <laughs> like from? Like weird alien fucking they looked like albino tiny army worms is the Whoa. best way i could describe it see yeah. you never know when the worms survive released that jar into the wheel like here you go here you go <laughs> Mm-mm-bye. that's crazy yeah. but it's town. like dehydrated them for like a good 48 hours yeah they should have been dead i don't understand that's amazing but then they were alive in a sealed jar. Yeah, which means they didn't join after the party. Right. And it's like you don't need oxygen, apparently. <laughs> it was very interesting. So Fascinating. Yeah, fun things can happen. But got a lot of herbs. Um, I have some who knows what growing right now. Mystery. I had a, mystery seeds. I had a big spill in my seed box mm-hmm. that I had. They all look like basil, <laughs> <laughs> funnily enough. <laughs> but they've all come up 16 kinds of basil yeah. well it's just i just wanted to to grow the seeds in there i didn't want to waste yeah. them so i'm like let's just see what what happens with these and then i usually just yeet 
a lot of wildflower seeds around my yard mm-hmm. every year. I have a lot of thistle. Yeah, <laughs> that comes we out. do too. I feel for the <laughs> commodore. The bees. Oh, they, they love, love a good thistle. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I had these really weird black flowers come up from my oh. wild. It looked like if thistle was in the shape of like a star mm-hmm. and had a bulb at the end of it, but was black. Oh. Don't know what that was. If it was a type of weed, but they were very pretty. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> they I came think I up know. last year. Mm-hmm. I think I will have to see. I've had them in my yard too. Yeah. But they were cool. They are cool. Yeah. But those came out of my wild <laughs> seed yeah. mixture. I just got one of those boxes that's like a dollar. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like you do. Just Woo! throw them around. The bees love them. But, like, isn't you know. it so fun to, like, the idea of, because there's a collecting aspect to getting the seeds, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you get the seeds. The ordering of them is great. But then when they yeah. arrive, you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. You start looking through them. And oh, I'm yeah. like, it's the best thing. <laughs> and then the actual growing. And then there's the harvesting. And then the prepping. Mm-hmm. And then the storage. And it fills all of those, like, weird goblin-y oh, needs yeah. to collect and harvest. And then, like, do you have a special, like, knife or tools or things that you use to collect things. I do. <laughs> Which is the natural progression of this. I have an apron. <laughs> I wear. The, I like, do too. <laughs> I do. I go full like Laura Ingalls on this oh, yeah. shit. Where I'm like. Ah, this is amazing. A bird's so, going to land on my shoulder and help me. He'll grab the twine. I, while I, I, <laughs> yeah. trained my chickadees to come down and eat out of my bird scoop because I oh. wanted them to be my friends. And then they stayed and had babies in my yard. So See, I'm here. To, we, I just, you can make it happen. I'm going to go full goblin princess is my whole yeah. goal here. So gardening, big part of this year. I have my little scythe that I use. You have is a tiny a, scythe? It's a bone handle. And it's in the shape of a crescent moon. <laughs> okay, that's adorable. It makes me feel very witchy it's when I'm super harvesting Harvesting things. your herbs for your spell work? Are yeah. you shitting me? That's the witchiest thing ever. <laughs> and especially with, with the mugwort, because I really see, like, I, I feel like I get it from conception mm-hmm. to, like, its very end use. Because you get the seed, you plant it inside, put it in the ground, mm-hmm. harvest it, dry it use it in spell work, use the ashes of that to make black witches salt mm-hmm. <laughs> and like c- continual yeah. use of it. So you just, you get to see the whole journey. And I that's what, that. especially if you're using it for witchy purposes, mm-hmm. I feel like that makes it all the more powerful. Oh, I'm sure. When you, you go through the whole journey with, mm-hmm. with the plant. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so. amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I, I like my inspiring me. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> I'm I'm very one with the excuse me uh, the herb garden yeah Joel handles the veggies and mm-hmm. the fruits and stuff and you know I love a good onion yeah <laughs> but, but I excuse I have the house the, moving yeah. castle vibes <laughs> yeah. turnip head I hate turnips <laughs> we love turnip head <laughs> but uh, yeah so I have the separate raised bed for the herbs yeah. and then I'll put rosemary basil uh, I do garden sage mm-hmm. I like that too. And then mugwort. Usually yeah. those are my staples. Mm-hmm. And then I'll find some random other, you know, good stuff at, at the co-op. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've tried yeah. to add in some host plants in my yard because, again, I'm all with the bugs. Yeah. So, um, like, dill um, combos <gasps> as an herb slash host plant because mm-hmm. swallowtail butterflies love dill. 
It's oh. one of the host plants for their caterpillars. So, you know, if you it plant... It smells good, too. When I know. Brown. So nice. It lingers. It's so good. So finding plants that have multi-uses, mm-hmm. that, like, I can harvest them and also my bug friends yeah. can live in them, I love that. And, yeah, I have one more question I really want to ask you. Hit me with um, it. So it's... It's kind of it's it's a I kind of stole your question actually so <laughs> I just really want to know your answer to your yeah. own question um, so like I had that question about like do you identify with like a plant or an animal or a fungus or something yeah um, so like I have kind of a a similar question like when you're out in like goblin mode in the forest is there something that you're always super excited to find. Like, no matter how many times you find it, you're always like, <gasps> every time you find it. Okay. I'm throwing this, is, this out of nowhere. The, f- the first thing I can think of is actually a manufactured thing in nature. Sure, sure. We're goblins. We're here which for it. I'm sure you've encountered many a time mm-hmm. up here, as other fellow goblins like to make in the forest. Mm-hmm stumbling upon some type of weird ass tp oh structure like a stick house oh Ooh. that is my favorite <laughs> freaking vibe. i will go sit and chill in there oh, oh. rocks out of excitement <laughs> the laboratory they're excited <laughs> but that is my i would say my favorite jam just anything like when I'm in the pines up here, one mm-hmm. of my favorite places to hike, you go see like a weird random stick hut teepee. Yeah. There's always some random stuff in there. There is always <laughs> random stuff in there. But even, and like, I love a good rock stack. Yep. You know, uh, but as far as I'm trying to think natural reoccurring things, mm-hmm. I love a good patch of deep moss. That's, I have a picture of you with like, <laughs> elbow deep in the moss. I'm like, girl, that was our it, first ever goblin yeah. hike. It's one of the most like sensory overload satisfying things to just mush your whole hand into like a chia pet of mm-hmm. moss on a rock and just it's so it's so tempting cuz I always want to peel it, but I'm like, and no. Like, don't. Don't do it. No. Just touch it. <laughs> it's fun because t- i always just want to be like ha ha <laughs> just where it's like the weird part of your brain takes over the intrusive yeah. thoughts <laughs> it's like no leave it alone it's yeah. fine don't peel it yeah so i that's love a good cool. a good weird tp mm-hmm. and a big old a big old pen that was the first thing that just popped into a my weird, head creepy ass forest stick like, house like some weird Where's blair Brooke? witch she's in the creepy ass murder <laughs> shack in the woods they're so fun and weird when you find them, though. They're like, kind of they terrifying, look though. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're, like, deep in the woods and you find yeah. one, you're like, is someone around? Are they going to come back? <laughs> it just, like, gives me adventure vibes. It's like, who made this? It What's going on here? It makes me think of the, like, running from Shia LaBeouf's. <laughs> <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> forest and there's brooke running to the evil murder stick gp like for real oh, girl. all right well they're so fun and weird since we always have bladed weapons it's fine yeah um, but all, but also moss but i mean <laughs> and 
Christmas? <laughs> if there was a moss cover, oh no, stick deep just leave her in the woods. I'll I'll move in. <laughs> That's it. I live Imagine here now. How cozy it would be. Bro. I would make friends with all the bugs that live on the outside of it's it because it gives me like fey vibes oh, every yeah. time I see one. Where I'm like, is that an entrance to a different realm? It could be. Is this the time? Do you know how many times I've stepped into one of those and I'm like, this is it. <laughs> This is the time I'm. I'm gonna go into like Wonderbar. Here <laughs> like, we go. I go into a different, a different realm. This That's is why me. those mushroom circles you run into out there. You gotta watch Dude, out for those too. Those happen in my yard. Mm-hmm. And then you it's go so trippy. Mm, yeah. Do I do yeah. it? There's some. Do I do it? Some fuckery about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something's happening. Yeah. That's really fantastic. Yeah. So love that. One of these days, it's gonna be an entrance to That'll a different be it. realm. And I'll be like, and there'll be a sound. It'll be like boop, and then you'll be gone. <laughs> I'll be like, well, it pans to you just touching the moss. I mean, disappear. It finally happened. If anyone wants to draw a comic of this, you're more than welcome to. I love bugs. She loves murder stick houses. This is how shenanigans ensue. Man. That's why we blend well together. I think so. Because I'll be out there like, look at this mushroom. And you'll be like, I'm gone. Sucked into another realm. And I'll be like, Brooke, where the hell is Brooke? <laughs> Gone. Oh, that's yep. just like, I would love for that to happen. <laughs> I know we laugh, but I'm like, I want to touch a mushroom and go into another dimension. Yeah. That and then crazy. I'd just be like, well, yep. All right. And I'd just <laughs> gather up all the mushrooms. Well, Joel, i got to tell you something. <sighs> She's got uh, It finally happened. <laughs> We've been preparing for this for years. <laughs> He'd be like, I knew it. You know, it's a matter of time. So what would uh, what would you say? Yours is is it, is it more mundane? Yeah, I think it. <laughs> what I is he, What I is your favorite gonna, thing? I don't think it's gonna top Murder Stickhouse. I'm um, sorry, that was weirdly p- specific. It was the first. No, thing. I'm happy. I'm happy. It was weirdly specific. That's what I was going for. Um, I feel like I know you better now, um, which is the whole point of this. So exactly. Um, yeah, I'm like looking at my notes, like shit. What do I have? <laughs> what do I like? Things that I like to find in the woods. Oh. So I have a specific mushroom that I love to find in the woods. And every Ooh. time I find it, I just like cheer. Yeah. Um, so it's chicken of the woods. <gasps> yes. Is, like everyone that's found a chicken of the woods that they've actually been able to eat. It's just like I've seen <gasps> these reaction videos. Oh, my God. Um, What's the biggest one you ever found? It was huge. I mean, like three pounds. <laughs> um. But it was too old. So, oh. but you couldn't tell that it was too old. Like, I looked at it and looked at it and looked at it. The Commodore actually found it. Some, mm. He's like a mushroom seeking machine. And like, <laughs> I introduced him to like a few species of mushrooms and we went out and he was like, Is that it? I'm like, No, it can't possibly. Jesus Christ, how did you find that? I've been looking for years. And he's like, Oh, I just saw it right over there. I'm like, God damn it. But, um, it's always it, the ones who aren't looking. Yeah, it's yeah. a similar worm situation because chicken of the woods, when they're mature, they are host um, plant or host fungus for these little worms and you can't really see them little microbes. yeah and then i i took it and i didn't take the whole thing and i took it home and i started processing it and when it warmed it was a little cold when i brought it uh, home and like i looked for the holes of the worms uh-huh. and i'm like okay no holes yeah as soon as it warmed up they started coming out of the fungus and i was oh, like no. damn and some people i know that harvest them don't care both the little worms and just mm. cook them off and are like whatever like they're what just, they yeah. can't hurt you yeah, um it's a worm but and i was like uh maybe maybe i don't care and i was kind of contemplating it 
But it was the first time I was ever making chicken of the woods for the Commodore, and I didn't want to oog him out with a worm mushroom on his first go around. That's so fair. I was like, okay. Um, so we ended up returning it to nature, mm-hmm. and I felt bad, but at the same time, I was like, I wouldn't have picked it if I had known. Yeah. Um, and I try to be really careful. Like people don't tell you if they know where a chicken of the woods is because it comes back yeah. in the same tree or on the same stump. Like they don't tell you where it is because it's they know the secret spot. people are going to go get same it. Thing. Yep. And like, I've never found, I've looked and looked and looked and I've never found morel mushrooms. Mm. And they're some that like, I really, 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 really want to try. I've never even eaten one. Oh, mm-hmm. like I, I've never ordered them at a restaurant or anything because I have this foolhardy belief that the first one I'm going to eat is going to be the best one I've ever you gotta, eaten. You got to save it. It's like, like that I want to find it. It's like that whole Redwall discussion we had about like yes. the mushroom pasty. <laughs> like that mushroom is my my Redwall mushroom. Yeah. So I keep an eye out for those. Um, but um, I have a flower that I like to find every year. Mm. And it's just, it's all over. So it's not like a rare flower. But every time I see it, and I have never not said the same thing out loud. And I do it multiple. I'm like, a star flower. <laughs> Every single time. Oh. And sometimes it's like 30 times in one walk. Oh, yeah. And Craig is like, yep, it is beautiful. <laughs> like, the, And he is sweet for the first like 11. He'll be like, wow, wow. And he'll go full Owen Wilson. And be like, that's amazing. And then when I'm on the 30th one, he's like, yep, it's so good. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man, so good. Um, so I love that. I love that. And, of course, no goblin doesn't collect rocks. Oh, my God. Right? So always looking for a weird rock. And, and a weird stick. Always. I love a weird knobbly stick. Oh, so good. And we were walking on the beach one time. And the Commodore turned around and he had something in his hand. And I was like, oh, cool. And he told me to put my hand out and he put this rock in my hand. And it wasn't just any rock. It was a Lake Superior agate with two lines of amethyst going through <gasps> the part of it that was connected by a, like quartz connection. So it was an agate with quartz with like amethyst Damn going it. through it. And I still have it downstairs. Oh, hell yeah. But like there's rocks all over this house you've seen there's piles of them they're just Same strewn about you are the only other person i know who just has bowls of like lake rocks yeah. in their house like people have crystals right yeah. or a lot of people have agates up here yeah but like you're the only other person who <laughs> has bowls like me of just rocks. stones yeah. <laughs> it's sedimentary <laughs> like, really, if any normal person came in and picked a rock out of that bowl they'd be like okay like, but that one like it has a cool shape mm-hmm. i'm gonna do something with it what yep. if i paint on it and i day? go through my rocks yeah. pretty regularly <laughs> actually that's weird but i do it because i'm like okay maybe it's time for some of these to go back outside right like yeah. maybe they have lived their life in the house and so i go through and i edit them mm-hmm. down uh but it never goes well and i'll end up pulling out like three rocks total you and put then, one outside then bring yeah, it back I do. <laughs> you're like, no you're coming back or in i with just me. move it to a new spot and <laughs> i'm like you just seem happier over here <laughs> yes and so they almost never go back outside or like if they do i have a spot in my yard where i just put all of them so i know where they are in case it changed my oh, yeah. mind or i put them in my actual flower garden and then i'm just happy to let them integrate into the garden so you know what i still have what 
Do you remember when we went on our first goblin hike? Mm-hmm. We found that weird sparkly rock oh, that yeah. was split in two pieces. Yep. Mm-hmm. Still got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're like, oh, look at this rock. But that's the where it's like, dude, rocks are so old. Yeah. They're a part of the earth. Mm-hmm. They have energies mm-hmm. and vibrations, mm-hmm. you know, that you can imbue. <laughs> Damn it. But Rusty bottom. I just, they're one of my favorite things. Yeah, and me too. It's not like a very flash thing, but I love a good rock. Mm-hmm. They're great. Yeah. I, I love them too. And I did institute, because uh, in my day job, I take care of kids. And uh, every couple of months, I restart it. And then we have to take a break because they get too insane about it. But um, the rocks that I edit out of my collection, mm. sometimes I will put in this little bucket. And then I bring them every Monday. And we do a rock trade. I love and this. And it doesn't matter any rock they find. Because yeah. they will just pick up whatever random like pebble they find on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And some of them compulsively do it. Like their parents are like, for the love of God, please stop. <laughs> um, but now they're like, it's for Miss Sarah. <laughs> and so the funniest part is when the parents start helping them find rocks yes. for Rock Trade Monday. Oh, so I love they this. Bring, so, some of these parents have found huge agates and are like trading me these agates. I'm like, my oh, my rocks aren't that good. <laughs> I'm like, are you sure you want to give me this agate? And they're like, yeah, it's for Rock Trade Monday. And then their oh, kid no. picks out like a basalt. <laughs> it's like it's came like, from someone's driveway. Yep, it's just yeah. like, or like, you know, just a random little quartz or whatever. Yep. And I'm like, it's not about the rock. It's about choosing the rock you yeah. like. So I like, I like to share that with kids, so. They're just, they're picking it for the vibes. Yeah. Man. Because mm-hmm. I have, I have some like that that are just some, like, you know, nothing special. Anyone else would look past it, but I'm like, no, I can see the sparklies in it. Mm-hmm. It's a very cool shade of gray. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yep. It hits different to different people. Do you ever try to put all of your it. rocks in, like, color order? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> real question i mean it was but i, I knew no. what the answer was yeah. gonna be because i mean i will i will go a rock hunting with a five gallon bucket yeah you're i rarely fill it. up the five gallon bucket because it would be real heavy yeah <laughs> also on the hike back yeah it's a long way but uh yeah i love to do like how you organize your halloween candy yep. on halloween mm-hmm. i'll do that with my rocks mm-hmm. when i go a picking I'm like, this. you're going to be a necklace one day. You might be part of a lamp. You're mm-hmm. just going to be on a shelf. Right. You're going to go in my potted plant. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's how you do. I like the organization of them. Goblin. Yeah. Full goblin. Moving rocks around, organizing them, having a hard time parting with them. Oh, yeah. So, speaking, speaking of going full goblin. Yeah. I think it might be time to tell our listeners about our little challenge. That Ooh, we have. Yeah, all right, do it. So, I've made some stickers. <laughs> you, I cannot wait for all of you to see the stickers she's made. And this will, we'll call it our, our soft launch mm-hmm. of a little thing called the Goblin Scouts. This time. And we have a design. <laughs> we do, we do. On, on the stickers, which I would, we would love to to send you all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in exchange for taking a pic of yourself getting your goblin on mm-hmm. going goblin mode 
in yeah. nature. If if you don't have the, the social media or something, hit us up on the email. We have the email. Yeah, but uh, you know, tag us. Let us let us know what you're doing. How you're getting your your self care on your goblin mode. Yep. How you're getting in touch with nature. Mm-hmm. How you're fighting your imposter syndrome. Yep. A cool rock that's your favorite. <laughs> right? Anything related to stuff we talked about. A goblin hobby oh, yeah. that you have. Yeah. Stuff from outdoors you like to collect. If you, too, are an aficionado of murder stick houses in the woods. <laughs> a picture inside of one. <laughs> Safety first. Yes. Bring your sickle shaped like a crescent moon. Before. Or red bent. <laughs> oh, God. Beware. But, yeah, we just uh, kind of want to... Again, treat it as like a soft launch of the, the Goblin Scouts. Yeah. So you you take a pick or, you know, tag us on social media at yep. Goblin Squad Podcast and uh, or send us in the email and we'll send you some mm. free Goblin Scout stickers. It's happening. And we will we'll post the design and mm. you'll be an official entry. You're in. What? You're, You're in. I'm trying to think of the word. Entry level Goblin Scout. Yeah, I think we haven't named the tiers of them yet. I know. We gotta, we're going to work out a system again. Here. Soft launch. <laughs> we just want to get involved, get you involved, and yeah. understand that this is going to grow from just us vibing off each other in a room to a group of people who actually share hobbies, interests, ideas, and communities, yes. so that you feel like if you're struggling with any of like the creative blocks, if you have had the experience where you feel like you can't really be who you are because you feel like you have to focus on monetization and you you know any mm-hmm. of the stuff we talked about you know send us something yeah showing us how goblin mode and goblin life is helping you and we want to send you a sticker to say hey we're here with you yeah we got this and we'll throw in a fun little note in there as well. Yeah, we will. <laughs> and if you're a loyal listener, you know damn well it's going to be an inside joke. Oh, yes. You know it will. And um, again, social media, Instagram, Tim Tam, wherever you want to hit us up at. If you don't feel comfortable on there, the email. The email, <laughs> yeah. Um, all of this will be in, in the show notes, but we want to we wanna see how you're getting your, your goblin, goblin mode squad on. Yes, we do. And invite you into the scouts. Please join. We we so <laughs> want there to be an army of feral, weird ass, super yes. cool goblin oh, scouts. Oh my god! I forgot. I found the best definition. All right. Which I wanna hear if if you agree. All right. So, a goblin is a feral sprite who promotes the rejection of societal expectations in a hedonistic manner. Without concern for one's self-image. <laughs> wow. I think you just summed up this entire episode. Again, any comic artists out there that want to draw the goblin version of us doing any of the hobbies, yes, uh, we would happily share your art. Um, Absolutely. And, and maybe even buy it off of you because, <laughs> because I just now can't stop imagining Brooke getting sucked into a fairy realm while I like poke a millipede. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to dream about it tonight. It's man. probably going to happen. I'll write it in my journal. <laughs> I'll let you know next week. And uh, yes, I think uh, 
a feral feral sprite yeah like a forest sprite a feral sprite uh is is the best description yeah. of all and uh we want all of you feral sprites to join us here on the goblin squad yes please do thank you for listening and you know what to do stay weird stay weird bah, bah, bah. I'm saving that part for a clip. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a little scat. Hip hop. Boobly boobly. Give me your best one. Um, no, I'm not much into the musicals. Yeah. Jazz. So the year is 1864. <laughs>